last time what happened okay last time we started talking about the apocalypse and we looked at the judgment so i'm just gonna go through very quickly what we talked about last week sorry can we start let's do a small what did you say Emmanuel, what did you say? We should just continue. We'll start from where we ended last time. Okay. It was on the. It was on the. No, we were on the fifth seal. Okay, let's go. This this one summarizes. All right, all right. It's just us. You guys are not going to disturb, are you? Okay. Let's just go through this. This summarizes what we talked about. Okay, we talked about the seven seals. So we have the first seal. Remember the first seal? The white horse, right. Second seal. The, right, the red horse. The black horse is the third seal. Jaden, are you listening? Yes, I am. Okay, so this front row will be for people I'm going to move. If you're disturbing, okay? And then the fourth seal. Jaden, you're almost, almost being moved, Jaden. Fifth seal. We talked about the fifth seal, did we? Yeah, we left up on the fourth one. Okay, so the fourth seal was the famine. Uh, I mean, yeah, the pestilence. Now, the fifth seal. When the fifth seal is open, the Antichrist is going to be empowered to attack the people of God, believers on earth, those who missed the rapture, those who after the rapture came to believe in Jesus. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the rapture today, so you'll, you'll know. And so a lot of them are going to be killed for their faith, right? And that's martyrdom and great tribulation. That really actually happens in the middle of the tribulation. So on the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist actually now reveals himself for who he really is. Because remember, he comes on with deception as like a peacemaker, one who is making peace all over the world with everyone. But three and a half years into the tribulation, he's now going to manifest as who he really is, the Antichrist, and everyone must worship him. If you don't worship him, you'll be killed. So that's what the fifth seal is going to do. And a lot of people who refuse to worship him are going to die for their faith, so they're going to become martyrs. Yes, when they die, they will go to heaven. So in the... So in the scripture, We'll see it in Revelation 6, 9 to 11. And then the sixth seal, the sixth seal actually shows the sign of the Son of Man, where there is an earthquake, the stars fall from the heavens, the moon, the moon turns into blood, the sun becomes black, right? That's all physical things that will happen. It also says the sky will be rolled over like a mat. And they will see 
the sign of the, the Son of Man himself in the heavens. Right? And when they see, close the door. And when they see, people are going, guess what? What, what do you think people will, will, will feel when they see all that happening? scared people are people all of a sudden will realize that all these things that have been happening was god who was bringing judgment on us and so the bible says people are going to scream and they are going to be so fearful some are going to run into caves to hide some are going to say mountains fall on us we want to die because they are afraid of the wrath of the lamb of god they actually say who is able to stand before the wrath of the lamb because they see that God's judgment is coming. That's like the doomsday is coming. All those signs are, the, are called the signs of the um, day of the Lord. Okay? Yes, Belinda. So does that mean like when the heavenly signs happen, there's going to be no more believers on earth? Because they're all going to die from their second chance? Good question. We're going to talk about that when we talk about the rapture. Yes. Part. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard to imagine it because it's not happened before, but the Bible does talk about the skies parting. We're going to read that scripture, okay? Any other question? Yes. We're going to talk about that today. We're talking about the rapture and exactly when the rapture will happen. Can we just talk about that? Is that what you said? Yeah, let's, 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 just, let's just go through this. You know, it's important we know this. I'm going to skip the trumpets and the bowls for now so i'm just going that's the third seal so fourth seal we're talking about the fifth seal are you with me here Jaden? what did i say <laughs> all right so that's the fifth seal where the martyred um, souls under the altar this is in heaven this is in heaven and the people there are people who have been killed for their faith so their souls are under the altar in heaven and they are crying out to god saying when will you avenge us for our lives that were killed the people on earth for their wickedness for killing us and then the lord will tell them just hang on for some few time because there are more of your people who are yet to be killed so once that number is killed, then I would bring judgment on them. So what that tells us is there is a specific number of people who will die for their faith during that period. God has already determined that number. And up until that number is achieved, judgment won't come. Right? So the Antichrist almost will have like a free to kill the people for their faith. So let's say, let's say for instance, it's a thousand people who need to be martyred for their faith. And these people here are about 300, right? God will tell, God says to them, yeah, just hang on. There's still about 700 more who need to be martyred for their faith. And when that number is full, judgment will come. What that tells us is God doesn't always bring judgment immediately. He's long suffering, right? He allows suffering to go on for long because he's merciful he wants more people to change if you were to bring judgment immediately maybe some people who needed to be saved might not be saved so he waits so more people will be saved more people will realize no this thing is true and they will want to die for their faith so they can all make it to heaven do you get it 
So let's see the scripture. Hadassah, read it for us. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been saved for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign, sovereign God, I mean Lord, holy and true, how long before you would judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves have been. You get it? So they're told to wait a little longer till that number is complete. Now in Matthew, remember we were talking about how Revelation always has the parallel in Matthew what Jesus was also talking about the end times. So in Matthew, Jesus also talks about that event. Judah, read for us. Amen. So, you see, Jesus, this is, this is happening right mid-trib, in the middle of the tribulation. Remember, the tribulation is seven years. In the first half of the seven years, which is three and a half years, the Antichrist presents himself as a man of peace to deceive the people and rally all the support of the whole world behind him. Then, at the three and a half mark, he breaks the covenant with Israel and turns against Israel. Right, where he wants now he wants to annihilate all the Jews and fight them and kill them. So when he does that, then people are going to realize that oh he deceived us. Right? And so many people are going to rebel. So over here, when it talks of when you see this is Jesus speaking, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. So in the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel had a vision about the end times, and then he saw what is called here the abomination of desolation is actually the Antichrist going into the Jewish temple in the, holy, the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be, right? He's going to go in there and set himself up as God and declare that he is God and that people should worship him. And to the Jew, that's an abomination. There is no God but Jehovah. No other person should claim to be God. That was the very reason why they killed Jesus, right? And so when that happens, they would immediately know that the Antichrist has deceived them because they would be thinking prior to that time, they would be thinking that he is the Messiah. But when he goes into the most holy place and declares himself to be God, Israel will realize that he is not the Messiah, he is the Antichrist, and they are going to rebel. And that is why the Antichrist from that moment will turn against the nation of Israel to kill them. Okay, so Jesus is saying here, when you see that abomination of desolation, which is the Antichrist, standing in the most holy place of the temple, declaring himself to be God, he said, that is a sign to you that the greatest persecution is going to happen.
And so when that happens, if you are in Judea, flee to the mountains, run away, run for your life. Right? And the one who is on the house should not go down to take what's in his house. In other words, like for instance, if I'm at work in Israel, then this is, this is specific to Israel, okay? So if I'm at work in Israel and I hear that the Antichrist has declared himself to be God in his temple, I shouldn't even say, oh, let me go home and get my stuff to run. No, just continue from work and run. Don't even go home because it's, it will be hard to escape. He will be killing the Jews. He will be killing a lot of people. People who will not worship him. Okay, so that's the fifth seal. There will be a lot of martyrdom. A lot of people are going to die. Why will they die? Because they will refuse to worship the beast, which is the Antichrist. Okay? Will they go to hell? No, they will not go to hell. When the people die because they refuse to worship the beast, why are they refusing to worship the beast? Because they acknowledge that God is the only true God who deserves to be worshipped. Right, because they will realize at that point, the Jews will realize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And remember, we haven't talked about it, we'll talk about it. During all this period, before this happens, the two witnesses would have been preaching in Israel. Have you heard of the two witnesses? Okay, so the two witnesses are two prophets that the Lord will raise up during the tribulation, and they are Jews, to preach to the Israelites that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. So they'll be preaching to them for all the three and a half years, we'll be preaching to them that don't listen to this Antichrist. He's deceiving you guys. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And remember, during that time, the Antichrist is like the man of peace, right? So they're not, they're not going to believe them. Oh, they believe in the Israelites, you mean? Yeah. Oh, you mean the two witnesses? Oh, the two witnesses are special messengers that God sends from heaven. But they're human beings, but it's like they are God sent to stay, to be here during that time, to just because of the Jews. Because, you know, God has a covenant with the Jews to save them. Right? It was through them that Jesus came. It's through the Jews that we are all saved. Right? Remember when he called Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's how come we are all blessed now, because of the Jews. And that is how come God made a covenant with them that he will save them. And so whatever will be playing out during the tribulation time, the focus really is the nation of Israel. Okay, a lot of the drama that will be happening will be happening in Israel, but it will affect the whole world. Okay, so... Wait, so, so if after the three and a half years, then the devil turns, those two people, would they... So they will, they will, when we get to talk about the two witnesses, what is going to happen to them, they will have power to do a lot of miracles, to cause earthquakes to happen, for the power to let fire fall from heaven. They, you can't kill them. Anything, the Bible says, anything that anybody tries to use to kill them, they will have the power to use the same thing to kill them. Right? They will have power to shut the heavens so it will not rain, to let fire fall and everything. Like, they're invincible. You can't kill them. During that three and a half years, 
And it's only one thing they'll be doing, preaching to the Jews, telling them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and showing them from the scriptures that Jesus Christ is the Messiah for them to believe in Jesus, right? So some people will start thinking and be thinking about it, right? So when this happens, boom, their eyes will be opened. And all of a sudden they will realize, oh no, this guy is the deceiver. What these guys have been preaching to us is the truth. And remember, the Jew, when they realize the truth, they don't care. They will die for the truth. The Jew will die before they bow their knee to an idol. They don't care. They will die. And that's how come many of them will be martyred during that time by the Antichrist to fulfill that number. Okay? How bad will they be slaughtered? The Bible actually talks about the type of slaughtering. Most of them, it will be by beheading. Be by beheading. But others will be by different forms of torture. Uh, that's too, but yeah, it will be. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about Mat Adam, maybe some some other time. We'll talk about Mat Adam some other time. It's not something you should be fearful of. You know, who knows how the world is going to turn if it comes to it and we have to die for our faith. You shouldn't be scared. No, it's not that. It's just that, like, especially in the end times, right? The devil wants you to not believe in God. Mm -hmm. If you get shot, you're not really experiencing that much pain compared to you burning. Even even burning, there's still not that much pain. Huh? Huh? What? Huh? Compared to shots? See? When Jesus said, Jesus said something, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. And remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? When they were thrown in the fire. What happened? Did you think they fell the fire? No. It was like air condition. Why? Why? Because there was a fourth man in there with them, and that man was Jesus, right? And it's the same with people if you stand up your ground and don't accept it to, to deny Jesus, whatever it is they put you through, Jesus will be there to help you bear the pain. So even if it's fire, there have been when, when we do study, and I'm planning that we'll do that study. So when we do study those people throughout history who have been killed for their faith, most of them, at the point where we think they are feeling the pain, they're actually singing praises to God. They're actually thanking God for counting them worthy to be killed for their faith. So, so someone, for instance, who was being taken to be burnt, Polycarp, he was a disciple of the apostle John who wrote the revelation, right? Polycarp was being taken to be burnt and they asked him, after so many times they've asked him, and right now he was at the, the post was there, he was about to be taken and they asked him for the last time, Will you deny Jesus or be bent? And he said, For 80 and 6 years I have served him, and he has not failed me once. Why should I deny him? And they took him there and burnt him. And as they were burning him, he was so happy, so joyful, that the people who were... No, the people who were killing him when they saw it, some of them converted and gave their life to Jesus. Because like, what, what kind of faith is this? That people gladly and willingly die, and even at the point of death, they are so happy. Right? Yes? In the end 
Aha, good question. So, it's debatable. It's very, very debatable um, as to whether the Holy Spirit is still here or not. Um, my thoughts, my thoughts are, it's, it's very difficult for me to accept that people of themselves, without the help of the Holy Spirit, will accept Jesus to die for their faith on their own without the Holy Spirit. It's very difficult because, I mean, I don't trust the human nature, you know, like there's no good in us. And so it's hard for me to accept that even during the tribulation time when people come to believe in Jesus and they die for their faith, that they are doing it on their own. I, I'm, I still hold the belief that somehow God is helping them. God is still helping them by some means. I don't know how. Right? You would agree with me too, right? Because it's, it's not something we can do on our own to even believe in Jesus, to even come to the faith of, of believing in Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us. So as to say that the Holy Spirit is completely out of here, it's hard for me to accept. Okay? You want to come on in? No. All right. So, yes, Belinda. So you see how the... We have to get to the rapture, guys. So you see how the Israelites are going to, like, you know... Like change and everything. How come before in the Bible, like you see how you said that you know one thing is the truth, and not the talking to any idols? How come like for so many years they would see the truth and realize God is God, and then another God will come along and then they'll go and change to that God? How come they did that so many times? So for this time they're gonna stick to God for like the Jews, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, because the Jews, for all these years. Because of how Jesus came and died, that wasn't how they were expecting their Messiah. They were expecting their Messiah to be a political ruler who will save them from their enemies. Right? That's how the Jew thinks of the Messiah. They don't think of the Messiah as some weak person who will come and be killed. That's how come it's unthinkable for them to even accept Jesus as the Messiah. And that's how come it will be easy for them to accept the Antichrist as the Messiah. Because he will come like a political ruler and he will come to bring peace in Israel. He'll defend them in the first three and a half years. So it's easy. They will pull. That's the Messiah we've been waiting for. So Jesus even talked about it. Jesus said to them one time that I have come to you in my father's name and you have not received me. But another will come in his own name and him you will receive. Jesus was actually prophesying to them about the Antichrist who comes in his own name. And him they will receive. But when Jesus who came in his father's name, they have not received. Right? And so it will be easy for them to all of a sudden accept the Antichrist until the Antichrist does something that they know the Messiah will never do. Which is to go into the temple and declare himself to be God. Right? And then they would realize they had been deceived. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Okay? Let's move on. So that's the fifth seal. Um, Jesus said, once that abomination thing happens, the Antichrist will go in full force to bring persecution. And that's what he talks about here. Jaden, you're confused? Okay, so isn't the, the, the person that's going to come and act like Jesus, I mean... The Antichrist? Like, yeah, is he going to be... Didn't you say he's going to be like an actual human being? He's like, yeah. So then how is he supposed to? Bring persecution. Yeah. 
Remember, he's going to be empowered by the devil. He's going so to be fully. He's going to be fully possessed by the devil. Yeah. Mm -mm. He's going to work through him. So he, you can take him for the devil, essentially. So the person that's going to be the antichrist, right? So he already committed himself to the devil, or is the devil just using him? And then when everything's over, he's just going to be a human being. Yeah, he's a human being. And see, I have whole long slides about the Antichrist. He committed to, he committed to the devil, right? We're going to talk about it when we get to the Antichrist. We're going to talk about it when we get to the Antichrist. Let's forge through, and if we're finished today, we can start the Antichrist. Is it going to be his fault? See, you're not making me move on. We're going to talk about the Antichrist, okay? We're going to talk about the Antichrist. No, 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 no. What you learn now builds on when we, when we talk about the Antichrist. Otherwise, you'll be lost when I talk about something. Okay, so, Vanessa, read this for me. Even the elect. Amen. So what he's saying here, that the great tribulation actually happens after the Antichrist manifests himself as, the, as God, right? He says, I'm God, you guys need to worship me. And then people will begin to rebel and say, no, we're not worshiping you. Then there will be great tribulation. And Jesus is saying here, it's going to be worse, more than has ever happened. To such an extent that if those days are not cut short, even the, the elect will not be saved. So the elect is talking about there. He's talking about the elect of the nation of Israel. Okay, those in Israel who have been marked for salvation, who will not bow their knee to the Antichrist. Right? And he's saying that because there are people who will be determined not to bow the knee, but because the persecution is going to be so great, some might even change their mind. And for their sake, Jesus is saying those days are going to be shortened so that they don't lose their faith because it's going to be very, very bad. And it's not just, it, it's, it's going to be centered around Israel, but it's not going to be only Israel. It's going to affect the whole world, all across the nations of the world. Those who will be left behind, especially those who believe, or not say believe, or sort of churchgoers, who don't get raptured, who all of a sudden their eyes will be open and like, oh, this thing is true, we'll die for our faith, right? They're all going to be included because you have to get a mark to buy or sell. If you don't get the mark to buy or sell, guess what? How are you going to get food Wait, to eat? Is that going to start when the, when the guy comes, as soon as the guy comes? That's going to start gradually when he comes in, all to bring peace, right? That's the only way to bring peace. If we have one currency, if we have one religion, if we have one means of um, commerce, we have one world, we have one peace, right? So people are going to buy into all those lies until he fully manifests himself and he uses force to empower his rule. 
right? And at that point, if you don't have the mark of the beast, you cannot buy or sell. So it's going to be really serious. That's the, this is the part during the whole tribulation that's going to be really worse. When that happens, that's about that time that's how the sky that the sixth seal will be opened. Remember the sixth seal? That the stars will be falling from the skies. The sun will turn to, to black. The moon will turn to blood. And the sky will be, will be opened up. That's how the Bible talks about it. We'll read that. And when that happens, they will see the sign of the day of the Lord. This is a sign, okay? So it's not the day of the Lord, but it's a sign that the day of the Lord is coming. The day of the Lord is a day of judgment, where the judgment, remember, we said it increases, it gets worse. So the least of them is the seals, which is what has just happened. Now, with this, it's signaling greater judgment that is coming on the earth, where the, now the seven trumpets are going to be blown, and the seven vials or bowls are also going to be poured out. And all of them have serious judgments that are coming on the earth. Not necessarily, but the judgment will be really felt. You, they would have no doubt God is judging the world. So when the sky opens, are they going to see heaven? Let's read. Read for me. Belinda. When the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth. The, the full moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth, as if the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled off, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. So this has never happened before. So it's hard for us to imagine how it's going to be like. But this is exactly how the scripture talks about it. Okay, as to how the sky is going to vanish like a scroll, I don't even know. I can't even picture it, but it does mention it. We've seen the sun become black in the eclipse when there's an eclipse. We've seen the moon become red before when there's a blood moon, right? Stars of the sky falling to the earth. Some have um, explained this as being like a meteor shower falling on the earth, um, hail. So where like there'll be fire and all those falling on the earth, that's possible. So those are the stars falling to the earth. As to the sky, Vanishing like a scroll. I don't know how that will happen, but it talks about it. Yes. Aren't stars just like, you know, suns in different galaxies? So yeah. how is suns supposed to come fall to Earth? Oh, it happened. It's, but a sun isn't just a big ball of fiery gas, so <clears throat> that's just good. But if they're from different galaxies, how are they going to come and fall onto the Earth, but our sun isn't? Good thing is, we will not be here when it happens. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know how, but let's see. So, when this happens, Sarah, read for me. Then the kings of the earth. No, this is a different one. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones, the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Right, so the people of the earth, the kings of the earth, the rich and the powerful, everyone, slave and free, 
everyone on the earth, when this happens, I mean, you're there and the sun turns black, the moon turns red, there's a meteor shower, the sky is rolling up, right? Who do you need to tell you that God is doing something against us, right? So the people themselves begin to hide and they, they hide from the, he said, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, what is being suggested here when the skies roll up, it's possible that they would see the heavens, they would see God sitting on his throne, they would see the sun, that is the Lamb of God, with great wrath coming against them. And they would say, who is able to stand against the wrath? For the great day of their wrath has come. Amen. And that is the sign of the day of the Lord that is coming. And the people would realize they cannot stand. Belinda, read for me. Okay. So, won't they just use like, you know, common sense if they know that, you know, the Lord is God is going to do that? Won't they just like, you know, repent? By that time, yeah, by that time, people who would have received the mark of the beast already have received the mark of the beast. Okay, so a lot of things are happening during this time. And that's why I have to take it in bits so I can talk about it so you understand. When we get to talk about the Antichrist, we'll talk about the mark of the beast. And you understand that at this time, all those who would have rebelled against God have already rebelled. They have already sealed their, their destiny. Yes, Lorna. Can I put the heater on? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very simple question. The heater is on, but I increased it. Okay, so Jesus also talked about that, right? Um, Aaron, read for me. Amen. So Jesus talks about the same thing here. Where even here he makes it clear. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Because they will see the Son of Man coming. On the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. They will gather his elect from the four winds. So what is believed is that. Um, and, and there are different school of thought here. What is generally believed in this scripture is that the people who would go through the tribulation, so those who missed the rapture, who would have gone through the tribulation, did not take the mark of the beast, some who died for their faith, and the rest who were remaining who had not been killed yet, they would all be gathered up. They would also be gathered up into heaven. Okay, This view is really promoted by those who, by some other group that believe that the rapture will not even have happened then. There is this group who actually believe that we will go through the tribulation and that it is at this time that the rapture will happen before it gets really worse on the earth. That's called a pre-wrath rapture. We'll talk about it when we talk about the rapture. But we believe that 
no, we won't be here during this time. The rapture would have happened before all this happens. And the ones who will be taken here are those who did not get raptured, but did not go for the mark of the beast. And Jesus gathers them before it gets really worse during the Great Tribulation. Move on. So before the seventh seal, so remember there are seven seals. So now the seventh seal is about to be open, but before the seventh seal is open, he sends four angels. There are four angels with a sword who are going to carry out the seal, but then an angel goes and declares that don't hurt the earth until we have sealed the servants of our God. So an angel is sent to go and seal 144,000 Jews on their forehead because now it's going to get worse. Remember, the trumpet judgments and the bull judgments are going to come. It's going to get really worse. A lot of people are going to die. And he's saying, wait, let's go and seal them so they don't perish during this time. Okay? And the four angels are sent to also hold the four winds back and do not allow any wind to blow on the earth until these people are sealed on their foreheads. Uh-huh. Uh, it could be anything. Yeah, no wind blowing. It says, actually, it says physically, no wind blowing until these people are sealed on their foreheads. Like where? Now, the other thing that is happening here also is before the seventh seal is open, he said, and I looked and I saw a great multitude in heaven, a great multitude that could not be numbered. They were all in white robes and were having palm branches in their hands. And he said, he asked the angel, who are, or the angel asked him, who are these who are standing before the throne? And he said, you know. And the angel said, these are people who have come from the great tribulation or who have, been, who have escaped. We'll see how it actually says in the scripture, but I'm just paraphrasing here. Who have come through the great tribulation, right? And they are standing before the throne. So some believe that this great multitude, a uh, great multitude of people who have, um, who did not take the mark of the beast, and when the sign of the Son of Man came, they were raptured and appeared before the throne. The people that really propound this truth are those people who also believe that we would not be raptured before the tribulation. And so when that happens, it's all of us who have appeared as a great multitude. But the Bible doesn't um, say anything to that. It's people reading into that meaning. What it could be is the great multitude, yes, indeed, could be some people who have passed through the tribulation, who missed the first rapture, right? But could have also joined together with those of us who had already been raptured, who remember before the fifth, the fifth seal, the souls of those people who were on the altar, they were in heaven in white robes as well, also crying out, saying, will you avenge the people who have killed us? So they were already in heaven too. So all those people will be here, I believe, as part of that great multitude in heaven. Let's see what the scripture actually says. Anel, read for me.
Father and the angels and gave him the right name of the Son with the, the seal of the living God and he called with the vouchers before angels have been given power to harm the earth and sea say, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the seals, 144,000 sealed from every child of the sons of Israel. Okay. Continue. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes, and Amen. Last portion. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these cold and white folks? And from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. It's hot. Isn't it hot? No, it's okay. There's more on there, sorry. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Oh, the Continue. The next one? There's the next one. Uh-huh. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them from his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst no more anymore. The sun shall not strike them for any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Yeah. Any question? Okay, so this is all happening before the seventh seal, and the seventh seal begins the wrath of God. Now, we'll talk about whether this is the beginning of the wrath of God or not, because that's where there's a division between those who think we will not be taken before the tribulation, and those of us that believe we will be taken before the tribulation. It, a lot of it centers on where is the wrath of God beginning? Because it's clear from the Bible that God has not appointed us to wrath. God has not appointed those of us who have been saved to suffer his wrath, right? Of course, that's what we are saved from. We're saved from God's wrath. And so those who think we will be raptured um, before the wrath of God begins, but we will still go through the tribulation, they say, everything up unto the sixth seal that we've gone through it's not the wrath of God. It's actually the wrath of Satan and the wrath of man. And it's after the seventh seal, they think that the wrath of God actually begins. And that is why we will be raptured before the seventh seal. But we believe that the wrath of God actually begins from the first seal, which is why we will, we will not be here for the wrath of God. So we're going to look at that today when we talk about the rapture. Briefly, the seventh seal, nothing really happens when he opens the seventh seal other than um, earthquakes. But then it says, 
before the seventh seal was opened, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. There was silence in heaven for half an hour before the seventh seal opens. Now, that's amazing because it tells you how God is slow to judgment. He's about to release judgment on the earth. And for half an hour, he pauses and doesn't do anything and is in silence, right? God is long-suffering. He doesn't want any to perish. He would rather wait for people to come to believe in him than to judge them. He has waited all this time. And during this half an hour, there's really nothing that could happen. But even then still, he's just pausing for half an hour. Because once God unleashes his judgment, the Bible says, who can stand before his anger? Amen. Yes. Or God's half an hour. Now, in God's timing, there's really no time. So I'm tempted to believe the half an hour is our half an hour here, right? Because in heaven, there's no time. But um, who knows, really? Uh, whatever it is, it does indicate to us there is a pause before the seventh seal is open. The moment the seventh seal is open, the seventh seal, in the seventh seal, the seven trumpets are, begin to unfold. So the seventh seal sort of opens the way for the seven trumpets to be unfolded. Um, yes, Anel. And another angel came and stood at the altar with the golden censer. Mm -hmm. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God and the of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And they were fueled with thunder, rumbling, flashes of lightning, and Okay, so that ends the seven seals. So once that happens, it opens the uh, way for the seven trumpets to come. Just as an overview, we've seen how the seven seals compare with the prophecy of Jesus about the end times in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, right? So when Jesus talks about false Christ, the first seal is open. When he talks about war, the second seal Famines march to the third seal, the great tribulation march to the fourth seal where there is death, and then apostasy, the fifth seal where there's martyrdom, people are being killed for their faith, and then we talked about the sixth seal where the sign of the end of the age comes, the sun turns black, the moon turns blood, stars fall from the skies, the heavens are rolled up, and they see the sign of the Son of Man and the sign of Christ's coming. Okay. Now, let's start rapture. There's this news this week. Have you seen it? Anybody seen the, this news this week? No. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, searching, you're searching up your thing. They said it was either going to be April 18th or April 23rd. So this is fresh news. This is uh, published April 11th, this month, on Fox News. Mm? It's fresh news. <laughs> so, um, who will read for us? Just a few. Yes. Is the rapture finally here? 
Okay, go ahead, Anel, read it loudly. Oh, David Mead tells the UK. Biblical, start from oh, the heading. Biblical prophecy claims rapture is coming April 23rd. Numerologist says. Uh huh. Is the rapture finally here? Or Christian numerologist says a biblical sign strongly suggests this. Um, David Mead tells mm -hmm. the UK Daily Express newspaper that on April 23rd, the sun and moon will be in Virgo, as will Jupiter, which represents the for a certain branch of evangelical Christianity, Revelations 12, verse 22 describes the beginning of what is known as rapture and the second coming of Christ. The passage reads, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and agony of healing birth. Right. So, yeah, there's more, but I cut it there. But I, I brought this in to highlight to us the fact that a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are going on. It's leading a lot of people to believe that we're on the verge of the rapture and of the end of the world. Okay. And this is a Christian Bible scholar, numerologist, who believes that the rapture is going to happen when? What's today? Today is, April, today is 15th. So 23rd April, that's like eight days away. <laughs> so is this really true? Let's talk about it. Yes, Vanessa. Yeah, kind of works with numbers but I think the newspaper people put titled him as such but essentially someone who studies the scriptures and tries to tie it with current events and beliefs based on what is happening in the scripture and Revelation 12 sign which has to do with the constellations or the stars a lot of people have made arguments based on that that it's happening in the stars, the constellations are fitting what the Bible is describing, therefore, the rapture is going to happen, right? We do know from the Bible, Jesus told us, of that day and hour knows no man, not even the angels in heaven, not even the Son, but the Father. So whenever anybody comes out and gives a day, I don't believe it because there's no one knows the day if people come and say oh maybe within this period right maybe 2018 2019 there's a high chance the rapture might happen maybe right because Jesus said you look at the heavens and you can tell that it's coming to rain how is it that you cannot look at the signs and tell that the end of days have come. So Jesus is actually saying you can look at the signs and have an idea that it's very close. And when he told his people the signs, he actually said to them, when you see these signs happen, lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. So Jesus is actually saying you can look at the signs and have an idea that it's very close. But to, even, to, to say that, oh, it's going to be this day, no, you will never know the day. You will never know the hour. 
but you will be able to tell that it's very close. And everything that is happening to us now really tells us that it's closer than we think. Closer than we think. Okay? Now, the word rapture, oh man. The word rapture comes from a Latin word, raptus, which means to snatch up, to seize, or to carry off by force. Okay? And the Greek word translated rapture is the word hapazo, means to snatch away. That's rapture. Now, a careful study of hapazo in the Bible makes it clear that the rapture of all believers is a future event that is going to happen. There are some body of believers that actually tell us, they, some people believe the rapture has already happened, right? But we know from scripture, studying the Bible and everything that it's false, that the rapture is yet to happen. Yes, Kofi. Uh, could it be, uh, I think Isaiah 57 says that the rapture disappears and no man takes it to her. I think that in these days we see a lot of people turn up, not turning up. Mm -hmm. right? Could it be, uh, just like how God worked with Enoch and Elijah, we know about those two accounts, but could it be that even in our days, God is still at work in that kind of way? Mm-hmm. Possible. Is it something that we should expect? No, because of what the scriptures say that it's appointed unto man once to die. If it does happen to someone, it's their experience, and we don't want to deny people's experience. But we go with the normative, right? The normative is this is the normal way things happen. You know what I mean? Normal way things happen is that we're born, we die, and then we go to whatever. So um, I don't necessarily want to deny the experience. It's possible, um, but it's not the normal thing, normal expectation. Did I answer? Any question? Let's move on. So the. The, the whole debate about the rapture is not that whether the rapture is true or not, whether the rapture will happen or not. No. We all agree, in fact, amongst Christians who have different views on the rapture, there is that agreement that the rapture is certain it's going to happen. The disagreement is on the timing of the rapture. When is it happening? Is it happening before the tribulation? Is it happening in the middle of the tribulation? Is it happening somewhere after the middle of the tribulation? Or is it happening at the end of the tribulation? Because when it happens, means that we will be here until it happens, right? And so the debate is not around whether the rapture is happening or not. That is certain. From the scriptures, we know the rapture will happen. Now, as he was talking about, there are raptures that have happened throughout the Bible. There's Enoch who was raptured. Elijah was also taken up into heaven. Jesus also ascended. Philip was also raptured, but that was temporarily. He was raptured from one place on the earth to another place on the earth to go and preach. How many of you know that? Right. So he was going somewhere to preach. He finished preaching there, and he had to go to another place, let's say, in Kenya. And he was in Canada. And the Holy Spirit wrapped him up took him from Canada straight to Kenya. He appeared in Kenya so he can preach to them. Right? 
Right. In 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 running. So Paul, you want that water bottle? Catch it. And so, Paul the Apostle was also raptured. He talked about how he was caught up to heaven. Right? And he saw many things that were not even, it was not even, he wasn't permitted to even speak about. Right? So he was caught up to heaven. He was raptured. John the Apostle, who wrote the book of Revelation, Revelations 4, the Bible says, he heard a voice on the day of the Lord. He heard a voice saying, John, come up hither. And he was caught up to heaven. And that was when he, he saw all the visions that he wrote about in the book of Revelation. And it's believed, actually, some body of believers believe that John was raptured, never came back down on earth. And how do you write the book? That, <laughs> it's a good question, see? But everything is possible with God. You know, that's what some people believe that um, possibly John never died, possibly. That's what some people believe, possibly he never died because even Jesus said to him, if I want this man to live until I come, what is that to you? So some believe that it's possible John never died. He was left on the island of Patmos to die, but there's no record of his death. There's no evidence of his death. And so some believe that John was raptured into heaven. It's just a belief that people have. Okay, that's not backed in scripture. Let's move on. Now, so all these raptures have happened. There's one rapture that is yet to happen. And that's the rapture of the believers, which is us. That's described in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. We're going to read that. And then there's also the rapture of the two witnesses in Revelation. Remember, we talked about the two witnesses who will rise up during the period, the first half of the tribulation, to preach to the nation of Israel that Jesus is the Messiah in the midst of the tribulation, when the Antichrist manifests himself, he will kill the two witnesses. Once he kills them, the Bible says their body is going to lie on the streets of Jerusalem because they will not want to bury them. They, they will be so happy that they are, they are being killed. They will leave their body on the streets for three days. And on the third day, the spirit of life, the breath of God will enter into them and they will be resurrected. And in the face of all the earth, it will be on, on the news everywhere. They would see the two witnesses rise up and ascend into heaven, just like Jesus ascended to heaven. As a sign to the whole world that the message that these people were preaching were, was from God. That these people are people sent from God. So, so that's the rapture of the two witnesses. The two witnesses. Some people say that it's Elijah and Moses, but then some people say it's Elijah and Enoch. Mm-hmm. Which of the two is the truth? Uh -huh. So the Bible doesn't say who the two witnesses are. It's, it's people reading different um, ways into the Bible that are making some of these conjectures. They are saying it's Enoch because you see that Enoch never died. Right? He was taken out to heaven. And they are saying it's Elijah because Elijah also never died. Right? And some believe it's Moses because Moses also, there, there's no evidence really of his death other than the bible said the lord took him to the mountain and said it is there that you will die and the only account we have of his burial was that the lord himself buried him right it's not it wasn't the human beings that buried him it was the lord himself that buried him and so some people believe all these people have to come back on earth to die kind of 
to fulfill um, God's word that once appointed to man wants to die and after that judgment. Another reason why they believe it's Moses is because um, he signifies the whole um, law. He brought the law. And the reason why they believe it will be Elijah is because he also represents the prophets. And guess what? At the transfiguration, um, who were the ones that appeared to Jesus? Moses and Elijah. So th th that's how people read those meetings, right? The Bible doesn't clearly say that the two witnesses are going to be Moses and Elijah. It's just people trying to make sense of everything else that is plain in the Bible and piece it together and they are thinking, hmm, this is interesting. Mm, I think the two witnesses, maybe one might be Elijah, maybe one might be Moses. It's just somebody's conjecture, okay? The Bible doesn't clearly tell us who those two witnesses will be. And it also, I think it also said that they have the power to shut up the sky that it would not rain. So people must have thought that it was Elijah that did that for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's possibly Elijah. Now, my question is, was, is it true that the, uh, uh, the angel fought the devil over the body of Moses in the book of Jude? Mm -hmm. When Jews said that when they fought, the angels said, Lord, rebuke him. Mm -hmm. Was it true that when mm -hmm. he went on the mountain, mm -hmm. then the children crossed mm -hmm. to the other side? Yes, the Bible talks about that, so it did happen. The Bible talked about it. Okay? Don't be confused about that. Sorry, guys. That's no just by the way. So let's move on. Two witnesses yet to happen. We're just looking at different raptures in the Bible. Let's move on. So now, the rapture that we are waiting for, that's next on the agenda, is this one. And Jaden, can you read for me? Oh, I, I don't have my okay, okay. Belinda, can you see? Read. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by our word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not perceive those who have fallen asleep. Continue. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Anel, read for me. I'm telling you a mystery. Not all of us will die, but we will all be changed. It will happen in an instant, in a split second, at the sound of the last trumpet. Indeed, that trumpet will sound, and the dead will come back to life. They will be changed so that they can live. Okay. So, we're going to talk about the event of the rapture. Don't think now about the timing, okay? Whenever it happens, whenever it's going to happen, this is how it's going to be like. We're talking of how the rapture will be like. It will happen in a moment, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. How long does it take to twinkle your eye? You just twinkled your eye. <laughs> blink, oh. blink. You say blink. <laughs> Why? Is it my face looks weird twinkling my eye or blinking my eye? It looks like your eyes twitching. Okay. So that's how quick it's going to be like. As quick as that. So you, so you just do like this 
and you open your eyes and people are gone. Like in one moment they were there and you just, and they're gone. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, in a split second, he says, the sound of the last trumpet. So those who are going to be raptured will hear a trumpet sound. Everybody else who will not be raptured will not hear anything. It will just be normal day, right? So like right now we're here, normal day. Those of us who are going to be raptured will hear a trumpet sound calling us to come up, right? And when that happens, it actually talks about it. It says the dead in Christ, all those who have believed in Jesus, who have died already, they will rise up first. They will be given a new body. They will be given a new body because this body can't go to heaven. This body cannot stand the glory of God. It will just melt. God is so holy, so pure. This body can't stand in his presence. Yes. Ah, <laughs> whatever the temperature is, you will love it. You will love it. And there's no sun there. It never, there's no night. There's always day because the glory of God. Look, we will talk about heaven at another time. Okay? Can we move on? All right. So, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will just go up. To the people on earth, all they would realize is that some people have vanished from the earth. Wait, so that means it's not like we're going to hear the trumpet. Hear the trumpet, we're gone. We're going to hear the trumpet. It's all going to happen in a moment. It's like, so, so the time in between your eyes close when you blink, there's going to be a trumpet and people are going to disappear. It's all going to happen. See, it's hard for us to imagine it because we, we, we're confusing our our perception of time here on earth with spiritual reality. Are you listening? Right? In the spiritual realm, time is not the same as in the physical realm. Okay? So it's all going to happen physically in our physical realm. It's all going to happen in a moment, but uh, some activities are going to happen because, one, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain, the Bible talks about, we will be caught up. And that word caught up is the word hapazo, which is to be raptured, to meet with the Lord in the heavens. It says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will see the Lord. Those of us being raptured, we will see the Lord, but the whole world will not see him. Okay? Vanessa. So they are not really they are not really in Christ. They just know about God. No. So I have a slide in here where we'll talk about who are those going to be raptured. I think that will answer your question. Okay. So we read this scripture. Now Let's talk about what um, theologians call the imminency of the rapture. The imminency of the rapture. I thought I had put this. Okay, so imminent. Imminent means something that is going to happen immediately without any intervention of anything happening. Okay, that's in English. So when we say something is imminent, it means it's approaching. There is, no, there is nothing coming in between that thing and where you are. That's imminent. 
And we believe the Bible teaches us that the rapture is imminent. What that means is there is nothing that has to happen before the rapture will happen. That the next event on God's calendar is the rapture. That's the imminency of the rapture. Now, this is where a lot of people who sort of um, disagree with the rapture happening before the tribulation, this is where they misunderstand what the Bible is teaching. Okay? The fact that something can happen or may happen before the rapture does not mean that um, the rapture is not imminent. So, for instance, the nation of Israel, it's been prophesied that the nation of God had prophesied that he will pull the nation of Israel from the ends of the earth and bring them back to their own land. You know, for a long time, Israel was not existing. All the people in Israel right now, they were scattered all over the world. And it had been prophesied through the prophets that God said before he comes, before the last day, before um, the second coming of Christ. And the second coming of Christ is different from the rapture. God had prophesied that he will bring the whole nation of Israel together in their land. As to whether that will happen before the rapture or after the rapture, we didn't know because it didn't talk about the time. But then we still believe that the rapture is imminent. What was meant by that was that the nation of Israel coming together is not something that necessarily must happen before the rapture. It is not a requirement for the rapture to happen. Do you get it? Because if, it, if something becomes a requirement before the rapture happens, then the rapture is no longer imminent. Then we, there's no need for us to expect it any moment. We'll just have to now wait for that requirement to happen first. Before then, we we'll begin to now expect the rapture. Are you getting it? And so, and so the nation of Israel coming together, they did, the nation of Israel in 1968 did come together in the land of Israel. That's how come we have Israel right now. And the rapture hasn't happened. Does it, still, does it mean then that the rapture was not imminent? No. What it means is that we are saying that they came together was not a requirement. The rapture could have happened before they came together. And God still could have put the nation together before the Antichrist would manifest on the scene. Do you get it? It is a requirement for them to come together for the Antichrist to be manifested. But it's not a requirement for them to come together before the rapture happens. Are you getting me? So there are some prophesied events in the Bible that are yet to unfold. For instance, the Bible talks about the Gog and Magog battle. There's an Ezekiel 38 in Ezekiel 38 and 39, there's a war that is predicted where the nations will fight Israel. And it is believed now that it will be something between Russia and Syria and all this thing happening with Syria, that it's a potential war that's prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39. As to whether that war will happen before the rapture or after the rapture, we don't know. But is it required for the rapture to happen? No. The rapture can happen any moment. And God is still able to carry out with his timetable. Do you get it? Do you get the, the whole thing about the imminency? Because that's the key. 
If you understand that, you will understand why we believe the rapture will happen before the tribulation. So the fact that no prophesied event necessarily stands between the believer and that hour makes the rapture imminent. So as we're sitting here right now, the rapture can happen as we sit here. The rapture can happen tomorrow. The rapture can happen before the 23rd that that guy is talking about. Okay, Vanessa, have a question? Okay. Uh, Sabri, good? So the same thing applies to what Jesus said. I think, so then that means the rapture is not the end of the world. No. Because Jesus said that then the gospel shall be preached to all nations and then the end shall come. Right. So it's the same thing that applies to what you're saying. Is that, uh, just because the rapture can still happen and the word is still spreading. Right. The end still has not come yet. Right. Right. And a lot of that spreading will happen during the tribulation period. <coughs> Amen. So, um, these are the scriptures that talk about the imminency of the rapture. Uh, Anel. Um, So you see here, he's talking about the blessed hope in, for instance, Titus 2.13, the blessed hope. Hope is something you are looking forward to. You are expecting to happen, right? So that's the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. In John, he talks about everyone who has this hope. What hope? The hope that we will see him. Okay, and that's, that's the hope of the rapture happening to us. So the scripture speaks of Christ's return at any moment, at any moment. So that's the imminency of a rapture without giving any signs preceding his coming. We're not expecting any other sign to happen before the rapture. Okay, something may happen, but it's not a requirement. Okay, and also the scriptures talk of the rapture as something that gives hope to us. It's something that brings encouragement to us, okay? Why we also don't believe that we will go through the tribulation is that that doesn't really bring hope, does it? That you'll have to go through the tribulation and meet the Antichrist, Hadassah, that you'll have to stand before the Antichrist. Does that bring you hope? No. But what brings us hope is that we're going to see Jesus. We're going to behold him. And escape all of these and so we believe the rapture is imminent these are passages that talk about imminency um, we are waiting the revelation of our Lord looking for the blessed hope we know when he appears we'll be like him Jesus says in Revelation the last two are critical he says behold I am coming quickly that word quickly means I'm coming at any moment I'm coming at any moment I'm coming quickly Yes, I am coming quickly. In other words, there's, there's nothing that is hindering my coming from now. Okay? All right. I, I think I've explained that. Um, here is distinguishing between the rapture and the second coming. Do you know there's a difference between the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ? 
Do you? Recently, okay. So, the rapture is the event that happens that takes those who believe in Jesus right now to heaven. But there's still stuff going on on earth. The seven-year tribulation period is still happening on earth. Some people are still coming to believe in Jesus whilst on earth during this time. And when the end of the seven-year period happens... By that time, the Antichrist would have rallied the nations of the world to go and fight against Israel. And Israel would almost be overpowered if Jesus had, doesn't intervene. That, is called, that battle is called the Battle of Armageddon. Have you heard of the Battle of Armageddon? So that's the battle happening at the end of the seven-year tribulation, where the Antichrist gathers the nations of the world just to go and fight against Israel. They want to annihilate all the Jews and kill them. Okay? So during that time, Jesus will come from heaven with us. Those of us who have been raptured, he will descend from heaven with all of us because we'll be in his army. And he will be the army commander, the, the, the main guy. <laughs> and so he will come, and the Bible says he will, you see, in the rapture, Jesus doesn't come to the earth. He's in the air. We meet with him in the air, the Bible says. But in the second coming, he comes down and he steps his foot on the earth, on actually the Mount of Olives, which is the same place where he stood and ascended to heaven. He will come down and put his foot there. Remember the angel, when he ascended, the angel said, this same Jesus whom you see ascending up into heaven will come in like manner as you see him go. So, Jesus, the same way he went up, he's going to come down with his footstep on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible actually says the mountain was split apart into two the moment his foot steps on it. And when he does, the nations that would have gathered to fight against Israel, the Bible says he will kill all of them with the word of his mouth. He won't even have to fight them. He will just have to speak and they will all be killed. Okay? To save the nation of Israel. So that coming of Jesus with the saints who had been raptured, that is the second coming of Jesus. Okay, that is when he comes that way, all the whole world will see him. All eyes will see him. That is the second coming. Question. So then what are the images? Yep. It's just uh we'll just be posing for pictures. You know, <laughs> selfies. <laughs> so, so that is the, that's the difference between the rapture and the second coming. In the rapture, there's a translation of believers. In the second coming, there's no translation, right? There's no people vanishing, going to heaven. In rapture, translated saints go to heaven. In the second coming, translated saints return to earth. In the rapture, the earth is not judged but in the second coming, the earth is just and righteousness is established because once he comes, he will fight against them. And we will talk about that. At that time, there is going to be the sheep and goat judgment. <laughs> okay? So the earth will be judged. And then the rapture is imminent at any moment. But the second coming follows definite predicted signs. So you, we know the second coming will happen seven years um, once the tribulation begins. Okay? Yes? So after the second coming, I mean, like, Jesus fights the nations or whatever, what's going to happen after the battle? Yeah. Is it going to, like, 
Yeah, we're going to talk about it. A few things are going to happen. So there's going to be the sheep and goat judgment. And then there's going to be the 1,000 millennial reign. And then after that, the Satan is going to be released. He's going to deceive the nations. There's going to be a final um, battle. Then there's going to be the great white throne judgment. And then after that, there's going to be the new heaven and new earth. So a, f a few things are going to happen. Wait, so when you say the new heaven and new earth, is it like, so what, we're just going to all restart life again? No. We will talk about it when we get there. <laughs> so, um, rapture is not mentioned in the Old Testament. Are you following? Rapture is not mentioned in the Old Testament. Who knows why? Yes. Sadly. Because rapture is for people who believe in Jesus. Right? And, but then, where, where was I? But the second coming is predicted often in the Old Testament. The second coming. Jesus coming down. Because, you know why? Because the second coming, Jesus is coming down. The immediate thing he does when he comes down is to do what? Is to save the nation of Israel from the nations. So that had to be predicted in the Old Testament. So the, the, the Israelites, they know when all these things are happening, they know their Messiah will come and save them. And they will, they will be expecting him to come. Isn't it amazing? It's kind of bad. Yeah. That's the beauty of faith. You know, when you have faith, you get a lot of things with God that people who don't have faith suffer and never get it. That's why it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, a lot of people, they want to see it before they believe it. No, Jesus says, blessed are you who have not seen, but you believe. Okay, so don't lose your faith. Believe the Bible. Believe what you are reading. You will enjoy many things that a lot of people who are doubting God will not enjoy. Okay, now let's move on. So the rapture has no... Reference to Satan, the second coming, Satan is bound. Rapture, Christ comes for his own. In the second coming, Christ comes with his own. Rapture, he comes in the air. Second coming, he comes to the earth. The rapture, he comes to claim his bride. Second coming, he comes with his bride. Rapture, only his own see him. In the second coming, every eye will see him. In the rapture, when the rapture happens, the tribulation begins. When the second coming happens, the millennial kingdom begins. Yes, Belinda. You see how you're saying there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth? How come there's going to be no new hell? How come there's not going to be any new hell? We'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, technically there is. Because the lake of fire. Yes, but let's listen. Vanessa is asking a question. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean that. But we'll get into it more when we get. You'll see. You, you will understand it when we talk about it, okay? <laughs> so, remember I talked about the different views in terms of the timing of the rapture. Some believe, and which is a great of us, including us, we believe the rapture will happen um, before the tribulation happens. So pre-trib at the top there, that's called pre-trib. 
like what we believe is called pre-tribulation. The rapture happens pre or before the tribulation. So that happens and then the wrath of God begins. Right? That happens, the seven-year period begins. There are those who also believe in the mid-trib, which is the mid-tribulation. They think the rapture happens at the three-and-a-half mark when the Antichrist shows himself and the abomination of desolation stands in the temple. Right? Remember? And the great tribulation now begins. They believe the rapture will happen in that time. Then there is the other group that believe that the rapture will happen at the end of the seven-year period. So they are post-trib. They believe the rapture will happen after the seven-year tribulation. So they are saying that the Christians will go through the tribulation. And then there is the fourth group, who, which is fairly recent. In the 1990s, uh, they started uh, talking about possibly the rapture happening somewhere in the middle of the second period of the tribulation. So not in the mid, but immediately after the mid-tribulation, they believe the rapture will happen. And this group is called the pre-wrath. And their main point is that the six seals are not the wrath of God, that the wrath of God begins when the trumpet seals, the, the, the trumpet, the seventh seal unveils the trumpets, and that should happen somewhere in between. So they are saying, we will still be here, go through the first half of the tribulation, and even go through some part of the great tribulation when it gets even worse, before the rapture happens. Yes, Judah. Um, so if the rapture happens post-tribulation, then and the Christians still have to go through suffering, then what's the point of having it if they're going to be killed? Right. Those are, those are some of the big, big questions that those who believe in the post-trip um, have to face. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's good you're, you're calling out on some of these things. What's the whole point? In us being taken up and all of a sudden being brought back down again in the battle of Armageddon. But isn't the rapture with all the Christians So that means the Christians are going to stay here. It's not like they're Right. That's what they're saying. But they're still saying that at the seventh year, we will all go up and then come down again for the battle of Armageddon because the Bible is really clear that the battle of Armageddon, Jesus Christ is coming down with his saints. So they have to put the rapture somewhere for us to be able to come down with Jesus. Do you get it? And to say that we will all be here and go through the tribulation um, throughout to the end, it's, it's hard to believe because it's really clear from the Bible that God has not appointed us to wrath. Now, how they explain that is, yes, indeed, God has not appointed us to wrath. Even though we will be here and go through the tribulation, God is going to divinely protect us. That's how they explain it. God is going to divinely protect Christians, just like, for instance, um, when Noah was saved from the flood, he was not taken away from the earth. He was on the earth, but was protected in the boat, right? <laughs> right, so the point is, they are saying we will all be here, but we'll be supernaturally protected from what is happening. Um, there are countless scriptures in the Bible that make us believe that that is not so. Okay, yes, Vanessa. So with people that believe in the nature of the 
salvation? No. This whole thing about the belief in the rapture doesn't affect anybody's salvation. Even us, for instance, we believe it's going to happen before the um, tribulation. Let's say we are wrong. Let's say we are wrong and it will actually happen mid-trip. What that means is we'll be here and we'll see the Antichrist being announced, right? Because we are aware of these things, we should know when it happens that it's happening. And that, oh, probably these guys, those other guys were right, right? And that should even make us stronger in our faith not to bow down. Unfortunately, what will happen if that happens, if it turns out, I don't believe we are wrong. I believe, based on the scriptures, the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. Right? I firmly believe that. But let's play the devil's advocate. Right? Let's, let's, worst case, worst, worst case. Let's say the rapture will happen mid-trip or the pre-wrath guys are right. What that will mean is that for those Christians who have not taken the time to really study what these other guys are saying, to see, okay, is it really in the scripture? Is it really not in the scripture? This is how they understand the scripture. Okay, yeah, it makes sense what they're explaining, but this other scripture is also there that makes me still convinced that what I'm believing is true, right? But in the end, if it plays out that we're still here, what is going to happen is a lot of Christians who have not taken the time to study are going to be offended and are going to lose their faith, right? But why should you lose your faith? Remember, and that's what I want to highlight to all of us, the issue is not in the timing of the rapture. The rapture is going to happen. Whether it's before, whether it's in the middle, whether it's after the middle, it's going to happen. What is important is that when it happens, you are ready. That's important. If I believe it's going to happen before the rapture, before the tribulation, and I'm not ready, it's pointless. Okay? Yes, Belinda. So you see how some people believe that the seals are the wrath of Satan? Mm -hmm. Then how come Satan can't start his wrath without, you know, Jesus opening the seals? Right. Oh, I think we have to end our lesson. What? Let's move on. Okay. Yeah, I have to end our lesson today. No, I didn't promise Anaya. I said during the series, we will talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. Now I have to go to the Okay, listen, listen guys. Listen guys, where was I? Where was I? I was on we were at uh, what? the difference between the rapture and the end time. Right, we were here. Yeah. We were here. 
We'll pick it up from here. We'll get into the Antichrist. Now listen, listen. Now listen, guys. The Antichrist part, so exciting, you don't want to miss it. Okay? We will pick it up next week. Now let's pray. Let's pray. Are you learning something? Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and helping us to know that the time is at hand and therefore we need to be ready. We pray and we ask of God that, Lord, you help us to overcome and deal with anything that will stop us from entering the kingdom. We give you praise and glory. We pray for our brethren that are not here today. We ask the Lord, by your grace and mercy, you bring them here safely next week. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.